So, crew, are you ready? What is going on, everybody? It is so wonderful to bring you back to Rookie on the Rise. My name is Britt Sanders, your host for today, taking you on a wonderful and blissful travel down into lineup showdown lane. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited to bring our guest in. So without further ado, Prue, how the heck are you doing today, my man? Hey, Britt. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on this show. Um, a huge fan of the podcast. Um, and I'm here um, excited to talk about lineup showdown. Yeah, before we get into the goodies, because I'm sure people are confused about what that is, and I cannot wait to get into it, uh, why don't you real quickly kind of talk a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get you the question of the show, and we'll really break bread over what we're what, what we're about to get into with the meat of the show. Yeah, definitely. So um, my my name is Prutus Patel. Um, I do go by Pru. Um, I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. Grew up in Baltimore. Um, interestingly enough, my first football game was the first Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl against the Giants. Um, so I was instantly hooked. Um, we had just recently moved to Baltimore from New Jersey. So, um, and I was still in fifth grade when that happened. So it was, it was, that game got me hooked, um, onto football. Um, but outside of football, I, uh, I'm an engineer by day. Um, I've got, you know, a great family wife and two kids, five-year-old and a two-year-old almost, um, that kept me busy. Um, but, uh, we love the outdoors, kayaking, hiking. Um, I've been to 26 different U S states, um, in my travel. So that's a little neat. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I really like that. I'm actually jealous because I've only been to like five <laughs> i mean so, a lot of those were for work it counts right yeah. even if you drive through it for a day it counts <laughs> it counts you know you just oh, well, make then, it I, then i'm gonna have to up the ante because <laughs> i did a road trip from uh, uh seattle your place to yep. baltimore it oh, was so uh, just cheating that's what this is, this is yeah. we're just we're 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 gonna okay we're shaving some points Vegas is not going to be very happy with us. <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to hedge the bet. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a time and a place for a little hedge. Just maybe one, right? <laughs> so before we dive into lineup showdown, I like to get into a question of the show. Uh, Clayton Stoneburner, the Faces of Fantasy, had you on his show recently, right? Yep, he did. Yeah, Great so, guy. Uh, you guys, I strongly recommend you guys go check out Proof's episode. My episode's on there as well. If you're interested, hit him up. He's phenomenal. And he does a wonderful job of kind of facilitating a nice environment for you to kind of tell what you're all about. And it's not even really about fantasy. It's just if you're interested in the person, this is a great way to kind of get to know them a little more so you can be more informed about some of your favorite analysts or people that are creating this content for you. Uh, so this is a very similar type of deal. It's called the question of the show, just an opportunity for the listeners to kind of break through the analyst's uh, smokescreen and see a person behind, right? So what do you feel is your favorite trait? that you like about yourself? Um, so I get this a lot. I feel like I'm very, you know, down to earth, relaxed person. Um, you know, I don't get hyped as much, um, be it positive or negative hype. I just, you know, I, um, I'm not the one to react instantly. Um, so a lot of my friends have said on occasion that, you know, 
um, just hanging out with me, they, they feel this sense of relaxation. Um, and I, and I, I take that as a compliment because in today's world, it's chaos. It's always chaos. You know, it's one thing, the other, right? It's either work. And then all of a sudden you had to go to the MVA and spend three hours there. So now you got to make up work again. And, you know, it just one thing adds on to another. Um, but to me, I think the best time in life is when you're just, you know, with a group of friends or family and you're just sitting there and chit-chatting and or just listening to conversations that other friends or family members are having. Um, so I, I get that a lot is, you know, it's, you know, it's just very chill with me. So I feel like my greatest relax, my greatest trait is I'm just a chill down to earth person. That is stupendous because that is like the opposite of me nine times out of 10. So it's nice to have a little relaxing, calming vibes to kind of withdraw some of my eccentric behaviors. Uh, so I appreciate that. It's wonderful to have you on. It's a nice yin and yang we got going here in the show. I'm excited to deep dive deeper in. And let's do that. Let's talk about Lineup Showdown. How did you create the name? And then what the heck is it, man? Tell the people what you are creating, please. Definitely. So um, the origin story is um, about what now 11 years ago I joined Boeing right out of college and there was a work football league um luckily I got invited to it because there was an open spot um and uh we I ended up winning that league because the commissioner had you know tweaked some rules and I took that to full advantage um and the following year um my friend and I at work um we were going to place a bet that said um I bet that I could stream the tight end um, defense and kicker every week and still make the playoffs. And he was willing to take the bet. However, the commissioner said, you know, people could see this as collusion or, you know, it could go the wrong way. So the commissioner um, torpedoed the idea. Um, So the following year, my friend was like, Hey, why don't we just run a league where you set a lineup and once you use the player, you can only use them that week and no longer in the rest of the season. I was like, this is a great idea. So we got like about nine people joined and him and I would, you know, um, commission the, the league. Um, and we would track picks by email, score on Excel. Um, and as, you know, more people got involved and we started doing playoffs. And, you know, as we regrew our families, we got super busy and it was like oh my god this is so much work so then I found I started researching and I wasn't you know too into the fantasy community then but then so I googled and found my fantasy league and I was like wow this app lets us do exactly what we want to do so then we we I beta tested it or correct that I alpha tested it um, for the playoffs in um, 2019 and then in the 2020 season we had our home league run on MFL. Um, So that now gives me the opportunity to promote this format. Um, And in my mind, you know, it's like, oh, my friend and I came up with this idea. Like, this is a cool idea in the fantasy football world. Um, Long behold, I joined Twitter and, you know, start integrating in the fantasy community and people love the idea. 
Um, but people like Scott Fisk, they've already done this. <laughs> um, it's just not as saturated. Um, so I'm a, I love this format um, and I want to promote it the heck out of it because I feel like as a football fan, it gives you the it's the format that gives you the best opportunity to learn about game matchups. Um, and if you haven't, you know, I, I haven't explained what the format is, but um, so the format essentially is we set up a lineup and in our league, it's one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, a super flex, a kicker and a defense. Um, but the caveat is once you use a player, you cannot use him for the rest of the season. So let's say you use Patrick Mahomes week one. Well, you can't use him again. So now you really need to look ahead, look at matchups, figure out, you know, how defenses are attacking certain um, sets. Um, where can you exploit the matchups? Look at, you know, Vegas and start seeing where do does Vegas think it, there's going to be a shootout? And you want to target those games. And, you know, it's just a very interesting format. And there's so much analysis and matchups exploit you could do that. I think you just become a better football fan in general. You know what my favorite thing about this is? My favorite thing about this is that it's very similar to like a daily fantasy, right? But obviously it's a season long thing. And so for those of us that aren't able to engage in online DFS, right? The states that don't like their people enough to let them bet online, this kind of allows an avenue to dip your feet in a little bit and kind of utilize all that information that's just out there wanting to be soaked up and utilize it to your best, right? So we talked about kind of how it started talked about what it's about what's your vision like what do you see this potentially becoming in the next two to three years what can we do to help kind of let it grow and let it reestablish into this community that we have going on right so when i first came up with the idea of lineup so down um the name which is courtesy of my friend um uh the the thought process was you know this league i can have a hundred member league, a thousand member league. Um, the whole idea here was that I'm so passionate about this fantasy format. I just wanted to promote it. Like get a ton of people joining into leagues that utilize this format. Um, so when I started brainstorming of ways to promote it, a thought occurred um, was, you know, Hey, what if I promote it for charity? Cause you know, I, I talked to a lawyer about, you know, doing this as a business because, you know, it made sense. Um, but after talking to the lawyer, you know, all the legalities and all this and that, I'm like, I was like, okay, let me just run it as a personal league with a charity aspect to it. Um, and again, when I joined Twitter, I was surprised and grateful to see how much the fantasy football community already gives to charity. Um and I don't feel like I'm just want to piggyback on it, but I kind of do because I love supporting charities and, you know, there's a ton of them out there and coupling it with fantasy football was great. So, so the number one goal is to promote this format. The number two goal is to support charity. And then the number three goal is essentially to grow this to thousands of people so I can create content specific to um, this format. Um 
and like I said, there's there's so many strategies within this format that the content per, is going to write itself. And you know, there's a lot of folks out there that want to write content. Absolutely. Uh, right. So, and I'm if I could provide them a platform, great. Yeah. I would love to. And the nice thing about that is it's it's really for someone that's feeling maybe uncomfortable writing content about a season long outlook. It's just a week. It's like, Hey man, write on Tuesday, edit it Wednesday, put it out Thursday. And then you got it for whatever player or position, right? Easy. Exactly. Easy. Takes all the headaches out of it. Uh, yeah. Cause I remember we talked about a little bit, you hit me up before coming or asking to get you on the show. And we talked about kind of the charity aspect of it and some things like that. And I just, it's a wonderful idea, man. It really is. And I feel like this is going to be the future next. I'm trying to say is it's not going to be the future DFS because there's nothing going to take that away, but I can see this almost siphoning away from redraft leagues where people do something like this instead of having their set players for the whole year, because it's just, it's fun being able to add that extra little niche and difficulty to it right there's people that don't do redraft because they feel like it's too easy which i think is absurd but like hey there's people so by creating a extra level of difficulty right mm-hmm. by turning it up to 10 instead of seven i think it's really fun man so we, we just talked about strategies let's let's dive a little bit into strategies right i think what you got going on is awesome now we talked before you had mentioned that it resets after eight weeks, it's now 17, one player, you get one player, a full season. Is that correct? Yeah. So when I first started creating the website and everything, you know, um, the way we, our home league runs, it is, you know, it's a whole regular season. You use the player once you can't use them the regular. Then I thought, you know, people might um, want to do it like half season where you get to use a player twice in a season um, and quarter season. But I said, you know, let's, let's crawl first. So I, I narrowed it down to one full season league. Um, so it is, you know, you use the player once and then you cannot use them for the rest of the season. Um, if, you know, if this grows and I'm able to, to support it as a commissioner more, um, I'm I'll, be more than happy to run different formats, different lens. I've got tons of ideas, but you know, we're crawling first here. Um, I, I do want to touch a, a little bit on your, your redraft point. Um, and one of the reasons I love this format a lot is in a lot of redraft leagues, you know, people tend not to trade as much, which in dynasty they do, but in redraft they don't. And a lot of players feel a lull in the middle, especially if their team is struggling. This format kind of provides an escape, right? It, you know, this is a week in, week out. Um, it keeps you on your toes. You're really engaged, which is also a pro and a con. Some people don't have that kind of bandwidth to, you know, play in this format because it takes a lot of effort. It's a week in and week out format. Um, so like any other format, it's got its pros, it's got its cons. Um, and I think you hit the you you hit the point on the, the nail on the head when you compared it to DFS, but a season long. Have you theorized about how this, is it just going to be a completely season long thing playoffs? There's no like fantasy playoffs. It's just all the way up until week 17. Then whoever wins at the end is the winner. Or is there kind of like a, the sky fish bowl where you play until 13 weeks and it slowly gets worked down and worked down and worked down. 
Right. So the way this is going to work is we're going to have one league that's um, uh, full season. Um, we could potentially have two leagues depending on the number of interest. Um, but then uh, the top 10% of season long high scorers, cumulative high scorers, um, we'll get into what we call the premium playoff league. Um, and the premium playoff league starts in the playoffs. Um, so the, the first league runs week one to week 18. Um, after that, the premium playoff league happens where you use the same format, but the caveat is you start losing players from losing teams. Um, so it's another added complexity. Um, so then the goal here is, you know, if you get into the premium playoff league and you place in the top 10%, I envision, you know, giving out gifts or prices, um, such as uh, subscriptions to the Ultimate Draft King by the football guys. or um, uh, and, and the top player will get a, a ring from Trophy Smack um, with a jewel case that, you know, has the ear. And um, we're still coming up with what this tournament's going to be called. Um, but once we have that, you know, the ring will be engraved with their, their name, the tournament, and the ear. Um, and I hopefully to do this year in and year out. That's really cool. That's really exciting because, you know, the other thing that dawned on me with the redraft is, is that sometimes you draft Andrew Luck and sometimes you draft Cam Akers and sometimes they retire and they get their Achilles torn out. And then all of a sudden your powerhouse team is going to just get absolutely swamped all year. And you kind of lose interest, especially for those of our fantasy fans that don't have dynasty leagues or Debbie leagues and only have their home league. And so once you're done with that, it's just like, well, what the hell? I got nothing to do all year and just except to ruin everyone else's playoff dreams. So this seems like a new fun way to do that. So I was doing some math when you're talking, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You got 17 or 18 weeks of football with a buy in between for everyone. Mm -hmm. There's eight divisions, 32 teams. So you're going to have to pick and choose what teams you want to use and not use, right? And so we were talking before show, before the show about stacking mm -hmm. uh, and how that may provide a beneficial upside for you or for the team if you do it right, right? So in the, in the spirit of stacking, which has apparently been a newfound revelation in the Scott Fishbowl, uh, it, just breaking this new year, stacking is now a thing. Uh, it, it, if you did it before this year, it was not stacking. It was a, 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 um, what's that word called? It was, a imposter syndrome. I think that's what it is. <laughs> it sounds close enough. Uh, so I want to, I, I want to focus on what divisions you would not intentionally stack from what teams you wouldn't stack from in order to stack all the teams like the NSC West or the AFC West, right? Cause you know, we're going to want to stack, the Cardinals and the Rams and the 49ers and the Seahawks. And you're going to want to stack the AFC North, maybe not the Bengals this year, but maybe you do. Right. So mm -hmm. if you're going to stack four teams from a division, you're going to have to take some teams out under the, of another division. So I think the AFC South is a division that most people think of when they think of, Oh God, I don't want any part of any of that with a 10 foot pole. Right. So the Titans mm -hmm. are there. I think we can agree. We'd, we'd be willing to stack the Titans. Yeah, we, we could agree with that. Um, I don't know if I would take a whole division and say I wouldn't stack from an entire division. I feel like there's at least one team within the division you can stack. 
Um, yeah. And then talking about strategy, stacking is a high risk, high reward, especially in this format. Because let's say you stack Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown, but all the touchdowns go to Julio Jones. Now you used up A.J. Brown and you got a big, fat, low score for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very high risk, high reward. Or you could be lucky and be one of the few people that last year used Tyreek Hill against Tampa Bay in the regular season with Patrick Mahomes because Tyreek Hill went for 200-plus yards, three touchdowns, and that was done in almost one quarter. And um, Patrick Mahomes was, you know, beneficiary of that. So that was a great stack to have. Um, so, again, stacking, you know, it's the it's the new woke thing to do, but, and <laughs> it's definitely, you know, beneficial if you hit on it in this league because um, you essentially could double your lead. You're going to have to stack a little bit, right? Because there's 18 weeks at Superflex, So you're going to have to fill those quarterback spots here and there, probably more often than you want to, just because I don't think anyone's going to want to start Tyrod Taylor, right? I don't think anyone's going to want to start uh, Daniel Jones every like one week, maybe a week, but you know what I'm saying? So would you consider, would you consider taking a, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Ryan Tannehill, if they're playing a juicy matchup, like maybe the Texans, right? Interdivision, they're going to play twice at home, right? So the likelihood of them scoring high is scoring a lot is high. Would you be willing to take that risk and just stack that entire team? Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Anthony Ferkser, screw it, add in the kicker and the defense, right? It's the full Tennessee Titans stack. Do you think that is like a viable, viable strategy? Or are you thinking stacking is more like a quarterback wide receiver one or quarterback tight end if it's like the Kansas City Chiefs type of deal? I I would never do an entire team, right? I mean, you're just hedging all your bet on, on one team. Um, and even if they score 40 points, two players could score all of those. Um but definitely I've done it in the past where I've stacked, you know, the quarterback wide receiver and tight end, or I've done um, the running back wide receiver and the defense. Um, Kansas city is great for that. Right. Um, usually it's, uh, you know, Mahomes, Kelsey and their defense, cause it's a blowout game and their defense usually is really, really good when, you know, they get, they get a, long, a huge lead early on in the game. Um, so Entire teams, never. Um, I think max I've done is three. I don't think I've ever done four in the four or five years I've been playing this format. It makes sense, right? Because, I mean, when you're thinking about the strategy, you're trying to combine what teams are more are, are, more, are most likely to exceed, like, their average points per game, right? Uh and it's tough because, you know, if it was that easy, then, well, fantasy football would be really boring because then we would just be like, well, play, get players from these three divisions and they're going to just explode past what everyone's projecting them for. And I know you have kickers in there, which I love. I'm a very big kicker person. I'm always a big kicker person. I mean, there's going to be some leaks where you're probably going to have to take an L at the kicker position just because 18 kickers – it's going to be a lot to find a kicker that's going to give you usable points. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, the reason I love it is also because I put a lot of research into it 
And I feel like I have a better understanding of what kicker environments that are most conducive to scoring above the average points per game, right? So if you're interested in that article, it's on fffaffair.com. It's called The Kicking Resurrection. Uh, what do you feel like are the best environments for pinpointing teams? Now, I know there's an obvious one. It's like, well, you want to do high-scoring teams against low-scoring teams. Like, well, no shit, Sherlock, thanks. Like, I know I want to take the number one offense against the number 32nd defense. That's easy. But are you – did you notice any trends have, since you've been playing – for teams that are away, teams that are home, teams that are playing division rivals, teams that are playing a team they haven't played in three and a half years, uh, teams that have rookie quarterbacks, things like that. Is like there's any insight that you've found, some tricks of the trade to kind of help streamline your process of selecting the players that you would like to go down on or with? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and that's what this format's all about is, is identifying those. And they, te- they tend to change year in and year out the teams. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to give up all my trade secrets here. But what I'll start off with uh, kickers actually. And, and I love that you brought your uh, kicker resurrection article up because in, in this, in this format kickers could, you know, give you a very good advantage, right? Because you could start identifying kickers that will score double digits, um, because the point system is, you know, the longer the field goal, um, the higher the points. You get bonuses. Um, so with kickers, you know, you, you start looking at weather. You try to tend to gravitate towards um, indoor games. So it's less affected by wind. Um, and then at the same time, you look at um, uh, what teams are really good at driving the ball, but really bad in the red zone efficiency. Right, they are not able to convert drives into touchdowns, and are they going up and against a defense that is allowing drives, but they're not allowing touchdowns? Those bend and breaks, right? Exactly, the bend and break defenses. So you start identifying um, trends as such at every position, right? Uh, at kicker, at defense, at wide receiver. Um, again, it's all about the matchups, right? Those are the trends you're following. You're you start. As the season goes on, you start learning about what I believe number fire calls them funnel defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, you know, they're stout against the run, but they're bad against the pass or they're stout against the pass and bad against the run. Classic two examples, Tampa Bay last year, regular season, stout against the run. Their secondary was young and they were still figuring it out. So they were really bad against the pass. Hence, you know, Two or three of us, you know, I keyed on Tariq Hill in that matchup. Um, on the opposite spectrum, you have the Rams. Their philosophy is you stop the pass, but you let the run go because they they feel, you know, it's a passing league. So then you target the running backs in that um, matchup, um, especially if they're playing the 49ers or um, Seattle. Um, so you start learning those little, you know, pass or the funnel defenses and you start targeting matchups and you start looking at the schedule and saying, okay, looks like, um, you know, Kelsey is going to play the saints who have been giving up enormous number of points to the tight ends. Um, so you start keying on, on matchups that way. Obviously it doesn't work out hundred percent of the time. Cause you know, we don't have the head coach's ear. Okay. Hey, pass to Kelsey, the defense sucks against the, the tight end. Um, so sometimes head coaches, you know, they overlook stuff and they have a different game plan and sometimes it doesn't work, but 
I would say eight out of 10 times those trends hold true. Um, and that, that brings me back to the point of providing content, right? Something like the, the kicker article every week, identifying the right kickers to use, the ones that have the high floors and potentially high ceiling. I think there's a niche out there and, and, and I would love to, to, you know, fill that niche. I know that if my people, my people's here, the good ones, the ones I enjoy, the ones that support me, the ones that I respect, the ones I appreciate. I do appreciate and respect everyone, obviously, but you guys are riding with me. So I appreciate you the mostest. Linda Lelians on Twitter is one of the most kicker forward folks that I can think of. She is consistently churning out content on Twitter. Uh, Jennifer Eakins on 444 had a really good article on kickers that the kicker or the kicker article I wrote about linked to uh, about the ideal point totals and sort of teams that you want to identify once the season gets going as what to what kickers to kind of stream. Uh, and then there's a couple others that I forget. Unfortunately, I'll see if I can link them in the show notes here. But I agree, man. Kickers are there's an edge in kickers strictly because people don't care about kickers, right? Like kickers don't matter. So I'm not going to pay attention to them and then get mad when they lose it by a kicker because they're not paying attention to them. It's like, well, Hey man, uh, you, you, you get what you get it, what you put into it. Right. So I'm sorry that you can't identify that, but we're just going to have to push and move on from that. Since there are super flex, you're going to have to start what's math here. 18 plus 18 is 36. Mm-hmm. So you can start up to 36 quarterbacks. Unfortunately, there's only 32 quarterbacks in the league. So I would strongly suggest not starting backups over wide receiver twos for the record. I, I am not the smartest in the shed, but I feel like that is not the most beneficial way to use your, that extra super flex spot. So do you find yourself or do you find it advantageous to actually finding weeks where you're stacking two startable quarterbacks to play that week? or using that super flex spot mostly as like an additional stack. If you want, maybe you don't want to stack your, maybe you're playing Dak Prescott and you don't want to play Amari or, and you don't want to play uh, CD lamb. So you're, maybe you're stacking in Zeke. I was on the running back side, as well as playing like, I don't know, input like a Chris Carson. Maybe it's a good Chris Carson week, right? Like, do you feel that using that super flex position, is beneficial for you to use it as like a secondary stacking option or to kind of amass the most amount of points early on with the quarterbacks, you know, are going to be just absolutely eating. Right. So it goes back to matchups, right? Week in and week out, there's different matchups to exploit. So one week there might be a couple juicy quarterback matchups. So you may want to use that as your biggest floor. Now let's say your overall on strategy for the season long is I want to use all my studs first and then use um, high end ceiling people at the end. So you use up your wide receivers first, you know, you do wide receivers in the super flex because it is PPR that way. Now towards the end of the season, you can do two quarterbacks because you know, they provide that floor and someone's going to have to outscore you by so much to catch up. Um, Again, it's, all about the matchup. Some weeks you'll go in and there's like, you know, two running backs going against two really bad running defenses and you want to use them. Sometimes you're like, oh my God, this this is going to be a shootout like the, the Arizona Buffalo game last year. And you may want to use, you know, um, 
uh, you want you may want to stack Hopkins and, and Murray, but then also use Allen um, in there as well. So, you know, it's all about the matchups and week in and week out, you you you're just going to look at the matchups and figure out which one's the best. You know, do you want the upside of a wide receiver scoring 40 points or do you want the floor of a quarterback scoring at least 15 points? Which leads me to my next point, which is rookies, right? We are rookie on the rise. As much as I do love talking about things that aren't necessarily rookies because it's a time of the fantasy football season where you're just sort of trying to, to pull from scraps, so to speak. But you're going to have to utilize some rookie quarterbacks in this, in this scenario, right? I think early on, I would strongly suggest, and I feel like you feel the same, kind of fading rookies for the most part, right? I mean, the only rookie I can think of that I'd be considering starting week one would be Najee Harris. That's the only one. I, I don't trust Lawrence. I don't trust Wilson. I don't trust Pitts. I don't trust any of the wide receivers week one. I don't trust ETN week one because I don't trust Suburban Urban, right? I'm not even that high on fucking Najee Harris, but I trust Mike Tomlin to feed him 27 touches. And I'm sorry, you're going to get 27 touches you are going to be a running back too, assuming you're healthy. So at what point, what would you need to see to feel comfortable starting a rookie wide or rookie quarterback? Now I understand matchups are a really big part of this, right? So obviously against a team that is bottom 12, bottom 15. Uh, if you struggle finding resources like that, Football Outsiders has DVOA that is really good for identifying teams that are good against the defense or the pass and the rush. And it helps because it's continually adjusting throughout the entire season based on teams that they've played. So if they get absolutely dominated by team, by the, by the Cardinals, right. And it turns out the Cardinals are really, really good. They're not as affected by that moving on because the Cardinals are such a high elite tier offense. It doing that to everybody. It's a really great resource. I strongly recommend it. So at what point would you be willing to, utilize a Trevor Lawrence or a Zach Wilson, or maybe a Trey Lance and a Justin Fields, or do you just feel like maybe you're just going to kind of do your best to wait until the last four or five weeks where you kind of got a better feel in, in utilizing them there. So rookies are, are very interesting here, right? You definitely want to fade them the first couple of weeks. Cause you just don't know what the rookies volume is. You don't know how they're going to function transitioning to NFL, but you also don't want to wait till the last um, couple of weeks either um, because with rookies their first couple of games that they're really really good no one has tape on them so they could explode in those situations look at um uh, like Justin Herbert's first game yeah. right it was it was it was phenomenal and they never went back to Tyrod Taylor because of it and then he eventually gets hurt same thing with Joe Burrow it's they were playing against a bad defense and you know great uh, reference you gave for looking at you know who's which defenses are good and which are bad um so it, it does come down to matchups but you also want to use them before um there's there's tape on those quarterbacks because defense coordinators just don't know what to anticipate even the good ones yeah. um, sometimes um obviously if you know if they're playing if Trevor Lawrence is playing the Patriots in the first game don't use them. Bill Belichick annihilates <laughs> rookie quarterbacks. It's incredible. I, I love it so much. It's just, uh, it's, it's amazing. I can't wait to see how he does this year. 
you know, two years of no Tom Brady, what's the record against quarterbacks? Because, oh man, it's a beautiful spectacle. I like that, man. And you know, it's like, uh, I think in this position, I would almost rather sort of fade the Zach Wilsons and fade Mac Jones completely, just because I don't like Zach Wilson's supporting cast this year. I mean, that's a lie. I love it long-term. This year makes me very uncomfortable, mainly because also everything's brand new. So expecting success this year is you got to be very reasonable. You got to temper your expectations. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, it, I really, this is the most irritating analysis that I give, but it's, I truly feel like this is a lone exception where you honest to God have to take into account for the head coach and what you are going to be getting out of it. Just because I don't believe he is NFL head coach material. And so usually head coaches are at least at a baseline level of being able to function. I just don't trust suburban urban to be there. And so I worry about Trevor Lawrence, but you know, Justin Fields, sneaky upsiding, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as is, um, Trey Lance and JJ Zacharyson had a beautiful art or pod, podcast the other day about uh, players and their expectations with rookie quarterbacks. Right. And he found that more likely than not players that place at the top 24 found a loss of positional rankings, like two spots down. So they did not as good the following year with a rookie quarterback being their Mm -hmm. first year so you have to take that into account right so are you going to stack a rookie quarterback like Trey Lance with the rushing upside with a Kittle or a Debo or an Ayuk or are you just going to take him and say I know you're going to give me a floor and then you go hand pick some wide receiver twos or some flex players that you think are going to do really really good this year because of high scoring teams these are the things you got to look into folks and I love this conversation this is incredibly fun this is so exciting because this is the stuff that really tests you as a fantasy football fan and as you mentioned early in the show it's going to push you to be a better player so Prue, once again where can they reach out to you if they want to be involved in this which i strongly suggest you do how much is it going to cost if it costs anything um and then where can they find more details as more details come out yeah definitely i mean this has been a great conversation and and thanks for the platform um um Easy way to get involved is go to lineupsodown.com. There's a sign-up seat at the bottom. Um, you have the option of, you know, choosing the charity league or the full season league. Um, uh, we're potentially going to run both leagues. The charity league is $20 um, entry, uh, $10, which goes to charity, and $10 goes to the price pool. Um, the payout structure will be defined before the beginning of the season depending on the number of players. Um, The free league, um, if we meet our threshold of 25 players at least, um, we'll definitely run the free league as well. Um, Again, the top performers from each league will be able to enter the premium playoff leagues once playoffs come uh, for the 2021 season. Um, And other ways you can reach out is DM me on Twitter at lineupsodown. Um, there's a great promo video explaining what lineup showdown is. If you want to, um, view it and then get a better understanding of the, the format, um, or, and just DM me an email and I'll add you to the, the charity league, um, which is, uh, it's hot right now. We're getting a lot of entries coming in every day. So hopefully, um, uh, we get to a hundred soon here. 
It's getting hot, folks, and it's not even during the time where everything gets all sorts of turned up. So if you're interested in this, give it a shot, man. Worst case scenario, you don't do it next year. I guarantee you will, but just take a shot. It's a little more commitment, but it's no more than setting your redraft league, right? People are going to be putting out content on this. You don't need a specific centralized just to participate, although you will benefit from it. Do not be overwhelmed or intimidated. I will do my best to help the people find a way to navigate through these things because I think this is something really fun and this is content that is actionable and relatively quick to make, which I enjoy because sometimes it takes a couple weeks to put out content. This is like a day type of deal. So do not be intimidated. You will be supported throughout the community and me if you want to reach out and ask me some questions. You know where to find me on Twitter at VFF Sandman. I really appreciate your time. Time is valuable and it means a ton to me when you give me 30 to 45 minutes of it uh, podcast. Have a wonderful day. You know where you can find all my writings, fffair.com, breakoutfinder.com, Devi Deep Dive on YouTube, Devi Redraft Dynasty. If you have questions, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to get a hold of them. Please leave a like, a like, a rate and review on the podcast. It does us wonders. When you do that, take a picture, DM it to me or my co-host Eric at Eric Burkholder6 or Bradley at FF Bourbon Dude and ask us a question and we will answer it, answer it on the next show we record. You guys are great. You guys are awesome. That's a podcast. Peace.